I want to make you aware of something. There is something very deep and powerful that is going on inside of you right now. Hay algo poderoso profundo que ocurre en ti ahora mismo. Something very basic and yet it's something that you don't even think about. I don't think about it. It's, it's automatic. Es algo básico, es algo um, automático. 103,680 times every day there is an impulse deep within your heart to contract, to pull together. 103,000 veces tu corazón se contrae cada día for those muscle fibers in your heart to draw close together, to get as close as they can. Esas fibras musculares se atraen y se congregan. Now equally, 103,680 times every day, there's another impulse in your heart to do the opposite, to relax. 103,000 veces hay un impulso para que el corazón se relaje. Those same muscle fibers, they, what they do is they stretch out and they spread out as far as they can. Esos músculos se extienden lo más posible. And as those muscles in your heart gather and scatter and gather and scatter and contract and relax, they create a pumping action that pulls blood in and then pushes blood out and it circulates this blood all through your body. Al contraerse, relajarse, contraerse, relajarse, esos músculos circulan la sangre por todo el cuerpo. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. The command for your heart to do this does not come from outside your heart. El mandato para hacer eso no viene desde afuera. It, in other words, it doesn't come from your brain. You don't have to basically say, hey, heart, beat. No viene del cerebro. Rather, as I understand it, and I'm not being very technical here, as I understand it, there are special nerves inside of your heart, special electrical impulses, hay nervios dentro de tu corazón, and it gives the command from the inside. El mandato viene desde adentro. So what does that mean? It means whether we're asleep, whether we're awake, whether we're conscious of it or not, whether we're thinking about it or not, no importa si estamos dormidos o despiertos, our heart keeps on beating. And the heart keeps on fulfilling its mission, which is to bring oxygen-rich blood all over the body. Si estás consciente de esto o no, tu corazón sigue la misión de circular la sangre rica en oxígeno a todo tu cuerpo. I'm giving you this very basic anatomy lesson this morning because today we're continuing in a series of messages we began last week called Making Sense of Church. Estamos en una serie de mensajes, comprender qué es la iglesia. And, and the Bible tells us, basically, that there are two very powerful impulses that God has planted deep within us, deep within this Christian community called the church. Hay dos impulsos que Dios ha plantado dentro de la iglesia. And I want us to look at those two impulses today. And those impulses are described for us through a series of verses that I want to share with you from Acts 
uh, the book of Acts. And we're going to kind of go through several uh, verses in the book of Acts. So I want to invite you to turn there. It's in the New Testament after the Gospel of John. Vamos a mirar varios versículos de Hechos después del Evangelio de, de Juan. What we find in the book of Acts is this scene at the very beginning. In chapter 1, verse 4, capítulo 1, versículo 4, we find Jesus. He's risen from the dead. And he is getting ready to ascend, to return to the Father. Cristo está ascendido, está preparándose para ir al Padre. And he gathers the disciples together and he says to them, Hey, don't go anywhere. No se vayan, dice a los discípulos. Stay right here, stay in Jerusalem. And I want you to wait. Stay put and wait for a gift that's coming from the Father. Quédense en Jerusalén para esperar un regalo del Padre. And then, in chapter 1, verse 8, he explains about this gift. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. Cuando venga el Espíritu Santo sobre ustedes, recibirán poder y serán mis testigos tanto en Jerusalén como en toda Judea y Samaria hasta los confines de la tierra. Now that's significant because you see up to this point, the disciples have had to receive direction from Jesus for everything. And that direction from Jesus has always had to come from outside of them. Hasta este punto los discípulos reciben dirección de Jesús desde afuera. In other words, Jesus has to be there physically to tell them, do this, do that. Here's where you go. Here's how you do it. Here's when you do it. Jesús les da indicación de cómo, cuándo hacer las cosas. But now Jesus is saying, that's going to change. Because God is going to be able to put in a gift inside of them. And this gift inside of them will give them direction. And the direction will lead them then to fulfill a mission of being witnesses, of spreading the message, the life-giving message of Jesus and circulating that message all throughout the world. Eh, Dios va a poner en ellos la dirección para traer el mensaje de Jesús a todo el mundo. And then when we come to chapter 2, we find that what Jesus promises comes true. Después se lleva a cabo, capítulo 2. I want to read the first four verses of Acts chapter 2. Hechos 2, 1 al 4. This is the word of the Lord. La palabra del Señor. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Cuando llegó el día de Pentecostés, estaban todos juntos en el mismo lugar. De repente vino del cielo un ruido como el de una violenta ráfaga de viento y llenó toda la casa donde estaban reunidos. Se les aparecieron entonces unas lenguas como de fuego que se repartieron y se posaron sobre cada uno de ellos. Todos ellos fueron llenos del Espíritu Santo y comenzaron a hablar en diferentes lenguas según el Espíritu les concedía expresarse. So ten days after Jesus ascends to the Father, diez días después, the day of Pentecost, fifty days after his resurrection, what he promises comes true. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. Now get this, they're all in one place. They're all in one spot. Están en un mismo lugar. And the Holy Spirit comes upon them. But then there's something interesting that goes on here. 
The Holy Spirit is, is Jesus' presence. The resurrection uh, power of Jesus present with them from the Father, from the Son. And the Holy Spirit, it says, somehow comes to rest on all of them. These tongues of fire separate out. Se dispersan lenguas como de fuego. El Espíritu Santo está sobre todos. And all of them are filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them now have this direction on the inside. So to speak, tienen esa dirección, ese impulso desde adentro. And that enables them to speak out the message, to do what Jesus promised, to be witnesses. They're witnesses there in Jerusalem. Son testigos en Jerusalén. What happens? 3,000 people respond. 3,000 people turn from sin. They trust in Jesus. And that day they are added to this new family, this new community called the church. It's the birth of the church. 3,000 personas se arrepienten y reciben a Cristo. Es el nacimiento de la iglesia. It's a huge event. And as the Holy Spirit then gives life and breath to the church, we begin to see right away as a sign of life these two impulses starting to happen. Luego hay estos dos grandes impulsos. The first impulse is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Turn there, Hechos 2, 46. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. No dejaban de reunirse en el templo ni un solo día. De casa en casa partían el pan y compartían la comida con alegría y generosidad, alabando a Dios y disfrutando de la estimación general del pueblo. Y cada día el Señor añadía al grupo los que iban siendo salvos. What is the impulse that is described here? It is the impulse to gather. It's the impulse to come together. Es el impulso de congregarse. The first believers filled with the Holy Spirit begin to exercise that impulse. How every single day they are in the temples, in the temple of God, and they're in homes. Están en el templo, en las casas todos los días. They're in public spaces gathered together. They're in private spaces gathered together. Se congregan en lugares públicos y privados. They're gathered in bigger groups, I imagine. And of course, in smaller groups, en grupos grandes y pequeños. And this impulse is great. As they come together, Acts 2.42 says they're dedicated. Son dedicados. They're dedicated to the apostles' teaching. They're dedicated to prayer. They're dedicated to each other. They're dedicated to breaking bread and remembering their crucified and risen Lord as they take basically what is the Lord's Supper. Son dedicados a la enseñanza de los apóstoles, la oración, unos a otros y hasta la Santa Cena. And as they're dedicated to these things and to one another coming together, it is attractive. It's attractive. People are drawn in. It's attractivo. Every day it says, God is adding to the number of those who are being saved. Cada día se añade el número de los que van siendo salvos, dice. So this impulse to gather is strong. Es un impulso fuerte. But this impulse by itself is not enough. No es suficiente. It's not enough to fulfill the whole mission. Why is that? 
Well, in part, it's just the the fact of of geographical separation here. Uh, It is impossible at at some stage for for all the people in Judea and all the people in Samaria, the surrounding regions, it's impossible for all the people throughout the world at the ends of the earth to come to Jerusalem to be attracted, to be drawn into that one place in order to encounter the message of Jesus. Es imposible que los de Judea, Samaria, los confines de la tierra vengan a Jerusalén. In fact, that was never the plan. The plan was never for the world to come to the witnesses. The plan was for the witnesses to go to the world. El plan es que para que los testigos vayan al mundo. And for that, the church needed a second impulse. Se ocupaba un segundo impulso. A second impulse. Now, this impulse did not kick in right away. No comenzó este impulso del puro comienzo. It took just a little bit of time. But in Acts chapter 7, we see that something happens that begins to cause this impulse to take place. It happens concerning one of the first leaders of the church, a man named Stephen, one of the first deacons of the church, a spirit-filled man. Se trata de Esteban, un diácono lleno del Espíritu Santo. He is killed. He is stoned to death for his faith in Jesus. Lo apedrean, eh, lo matan por su fe. And, and as a result of Stephen's death, there's this wave of persecution then that comes upon the church, a wave of hardship of difficulty, a una ola de persecución y sufrimiento sobre la iglesia. Things are hard, things are tough, but it's not all bad. Es difícil, pero no todo es malo. God uses that. Let's look at Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Hechos 8, 1. It says, on that day, what day? The day that Stephen died. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Aquel día se desató una gran persecución contra la iglesia en Jerusalén y todos excepto los apóstoles se dispersaron por las regiones de Judea y Samaria. And then if you look at Acts 8.4, it says this, Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Los que se habían dispersado predicaban la palabra por donde quiera que iban. The death of Stephen becomes like a little bit of a of an electrical shock to the church. And it allows the second great impulse to kick in. It is the impulse to scatter. Segundo impulso es el impulso de dispersarse and it is equally important in fact if you look through the book of Acts from Acts chapter 1-8 where Jesus gives the plan you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth if you read through the book of Acts and use that as a marker you'll actually find that the book of Acts traces that progression geographically Hechos traza esa progresión geográficamente look at Acts chapter 11 verse 19 Hechos 11 19. It says those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen 
traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. That's up the Mediterranean coast. That's into the Mediterranean Sea, far away from Jerusalem. Los que se habían dispersado a causa de la persecución que se desató por Esteban llegaron a Fenicia, Chipre, Antioquia. Antioch is in present-day Turkey. So they get all the way to Turkey and it says they tell the message only to Jews. Hablan de Cristo solo a los judíos. But then it says... Some from Cyprus, that's an island in the Mediterranean, and Cyrene, that's the northern coast of Africa. So somehow the gospel, the good news has gotten to Africa. Los de Chipre, Sirene, de Africa, they come to Antioch and they start talking not only to Jews, they start talking to Gentiles. Empiezan a hablar a los gentiles. So you see what's happening. It's going out. It went out from Judea and Samaria, now it's in Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch and Cyrene. And it says the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. El poder del Señor estaba con ellos y un gran número creyó y se convirtió al Señor. Let's go to Acts 16, verse 8. Acts 16, verse 8. This is talking about Paul and his traveling companions, se trata de Pablo y sus compañeros, they're in Turkey again. Uh, it says they passed by Mysia and went to Troas, that's on the coast, by the Mediterranean Sea. Dice que pasando de largo Mysia bajaron a Troas. And then it says during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia, that's in Greece, standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Durante la noche, Pablo tuvo una visión de un hombre de Macedonia, de Grecia, puesto de pie, que le rogaba y decía, pasa a Macedonia y ayúdanos. So Paul has this dream about this person from Greece, from Macedonia, saying, hey, we need to hear about God over here. So Paul and his companions, they take off and they go to Greece. They go to places like Corinth and Philippi, uh, Philippi and, and other places like that and they share the good news. Uh, Thessalonica, van a, van a lugares como Thessaloniki y también Filipos y, y otros lugares. And then Paul even gets to this place we've all heard of called Athens and he speaks to people. Habla, llega a Atenas. What's happening? You see, the impulse to scatter is driving the message out. And finally, the whole book of Acts ends at Acts 28, 14. The picture we have here is of Paul and his traveling companions, and they, through a long process, crossed the Mediterranean Sea, and Acts 28, 14 says, So we came to Rome. Por fin llegamos a Roma. And that's where the book ends with the good news of Jesus being shared in the capital of the entire known world. Y ahora comparten el mensaje de Jesús. You see what's happened? The Holy Spirit comes on Jesus' followers and then they're given power. They're given power to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Antioch, Phoenicia, Athens, Corinth, even Rome to the ends of the earth. El Espíritu Santo les da poder para ser testigos de Jerusalén hasta los confines de la tierra. And how does that happen? How does it happen? It happens this way. In every place all along the way, the church is gathering and scattering, gathering and scattering. Gathering and scattering. La iglesia está congregándose, dispersándose, congregándose, dispersándose. You go to a city, you gather people. And then you scatter to the next city and you gather people. And you scatter to the next city. 
That's what happens. You see, this impulse, this deep impulse to gather and scatter that the Holy Spirit has put deep inside of His church, it is what is needed to empower us for our mission, to be witnesses. Es este impulso de congregarnos y dispersarnos que el Espíritu Santo pone en nosotros. And we need to recognize that. In fact, if we're going to move towards maturity, that's the goal we've outlined this year, moving towards maturity, then I believe that we need to develop a healthy rhythm of gathering and scattering because this is the essential heartbeat of the church. Para avanzar hacia la madurez tenemos que tener un ritmo de dispersarnos y congregarnos que es el latido de la iglesia. If you go to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, every other heartbeat, your heart isn't doing the right thing. It, 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 it contracts, but then it just stays there for a minute. It skips a beat. Are you going to be concerned? I would be concerned if my doctor told me that. Si yo tenía un latido de corazón irregular, yo tendría una preocupación. In the same way, if we're going to be healthy spiritually as individuals and as a church we cannot neglect these two very basic impulses why porque tenemos que ver estos impulsos well i think that there's something about the character of god in this our god the bible shows us is a gathering god Dios es un Dios que congrega a la gente. God is all about gathering lost people to himself, gathering the people of Israel. Jesus in John 12, 32 said, If I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Cuando sea levantado de la tierra, dijo, Jesús atraerá a todos a mí mismo. He was talking about the cross. He's saying, If I go up on the cross and I die for the sins of the world, that's going to draw people in. God wants to gather the lost sheep. Dios quiere congregar a, los, a las ovejas descarriadas. And so when we, as God's people, when we do what we're doing right now, when we come together, when we obey that impulse to gather, and we lift up Jesus like we were doing, like Aaron said, we see the Lord high on His throne, we worship Him, we praise Him. There's something attractive about that. It's going to draw people in. Cuando levantamos a Jesús para atraer a las personas a sí mismo, that's because God is a gathering God. He wants to draw people in. And that's also why in Hebrews 10.25, the Bible very clearly says, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another. No dejemos de congregarnos, dice Hebreos, como acostumbran a hacerlo algunos, pero animémonos unos a otros. So, God is a gathering God. Dios es un Dios que congrega a las personas. But equally, what we see in the Bible is God is a sending God. God is a sending God. He wants to, to send out on a mission. He's on a mission. Dios tiene una misión, es un Dios que envía. Look with me, if you would, at John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. Juan 15, 26. Jesus is talking here. Habla Jesús. He says, when the counselor comes, 
whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Cuando venga el Consolador que yo les enviaré de parte del Padre, el Espíritu de verdad que procede del Padre, Él testificará acerca de mí y también ustedes darán testimonio porque han estado conmigo desde el principio. So here's, here's the plan. Let's, let's think about this. God the Father sends. He sends the Son, Jesus, to earth on a mission to testify to who he is, to die and to rise for sinners. Dios el Padre envía a Jesús para dar testimonio a su amor. And then Jesus, the Son, sends to us the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? Testifies to who Jesus is and who the Father is. Y Jesús envía el Espíritu para testificar a quién es el Padre, quién es el Hijo. And the Holy Spirit then comes to us and not only testifies, but we are to be sent out by the Holy Spirit to do what? To testify, to be witnesses wherever we go. El Espíritu Santo nos envía para ser testigos because our God is ascending God. So here's the thing. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I've sent you. Como me ha enviado el Padre, así los envío a ustedes, dice Jesús. If we are not gathering regularly as followers of Jesus Christ, if we're not about gathering, if that impulse is not strong within us, then there's something wrong with our spiritual health. Si no nos congregamos, hay algo que no anda bien con la salud espiritual. And equally, if we're not about scattering, really every single day, scattering out into the world to, to show forth, to shine forth who Jesus is in our work, in our family, in our schools, in, our, in the streets, in our stores, in our relationships. Si no manifestamos a Jesús cada día en nuestras relaciones, en la tienda, en la escuela, etc. If we're not doing that, again, there's something wrong with our spiritual health. We're skipping a beat. Hay algo que, que no anda bien con la salud espiritual. So with all of this in mind, I want to bring it down to where we are right here and right now. I want to just pause at this point and say I believe that the Word of God is issuing an invitation. And I want to amplify the invitation. Quiero amplificar la invitación de la Palabra de Dios. I want to speak in particular to those who are scattered. Quiero hablar a los dispersos. Now, that means today, I'm probably speaking to those who are online. I understand where we've been in the last year. We've been in the middle of a, a very unusual time. Hemos pasado una prueba muy inusual. There's been a lot of sickness. There's been a lot of concern. And I understand that those who are scattered, there is a concern for your health and maybe the health of somebody else you love. I get that. Hay una preocupación por la salud de, de ustedes, de su, los que aman. But I also want to say something else. 
I believe God is concerned about your spiritual health. I'm concerned for your spiritual health. Tengo preocupación por su salud espiritual. And so, in the most loving and gentle way I can, I want to say, I want to invite you to gather. I, I believe that now is the time. You can come. And I want to encourage you to take that step for your spiritual health. Quiero darte esa invitación para congregarse. And again, if there are situations or concerns that you have, extenuating circumstances, our elder team, Aaron and others, are here, and we would love to interact with you to, to find out how we can be of encouragement to you because our, our concern is your spiritual health. Nos preocupamos por su salud espiritual. I want to invite you, if you can, as you get vaccinated, as whatever it takes, come, let's gather. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Now I want to speak to those of us who are in this room and maybe others out there too. I want to speak to the gathered. I believe God's word speaks to us as well. You are, many of you have been all over getting together. You've been all over it since last May and I am so glad because that has kept us strong as a church. You said, yes, we got to keep getting together and you've pushed on that and you've pushed on that and that's because I believe God's planted a healthy impulse for gathering inside of you. Hay un impulso muy saludable para congregarse dentro de ustedes but I also want to say equally, I believe that the time has come for us to scatter We need to scatter as well. People are hurting out there. People need the love of Jesus. People need the presence of God's people. And the time has come to scatter in meaningful ways. Es la hora de dispersarnos de una forma de, de mucho significado. You see, the church is not just something you go to. The church is something that you are a part of wherever you go. You bring the church. No vas a la iglesia, traes la iglesia a donde quiera que vayas. And that's why I'm so excited because next Sunday we actually have an opportunity to visibly demonstrate what we're talking about. We're going to gather for worship because that impulse is strong and necessary. We're going to gather and then after worship we have this thing I talked about called Love Your Neighbor Sunday and what are we going to do? We're going to scatter. Scatter throughout our community. Deliver not just stuff. I believe we are delivering something of Jesus. We're witnesses. It, 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 he says that's who you are. It's not just what you do. It's who you are. Vamos a dispersarnos para ser testigos al Señor. And I'm very excited about that. And I hope that that is the beginning of many more opportunities that we're going to have to scatter in the coming weeks and months as we go forward. So... Here's the thing I, I think I want to encourage you to think about. Where are you at in your rhythm? Where's your, where's your heartbeat right now for gathering and scattering? ¿Dónde está tu ritmo para congregarte y, y dispersarte? Wherever that rhythm is, if it's balanced out or not, here's the thing. We need the Holy Spirit to be our pacemaker the Holy Spirit to fill us and lead us through the Word, through His people. El Espíritu Santo es nuestro marcapasos. To stay strong, to gather and scatter and to be witnesses. That is the heartbeat of the church. Este es el latido de la iglesia. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now for that, shall we?
Vamos a orar. Holy Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon your people. Cae sobre nosotros, Espíritu Santo. We thank you for this gift, Heavenly Father, that you have sent. You have sent the gift of Jesus and the gift of your Spirit to bring the very gift of yourself, the triune God, to us. Gracias, Padre, por el Hijo y el Espíritu Santo. And we thank you for this community called the church. And I pray for the heartbeat of the church. I pray for the heartbeat of this gathering of your people called Sunrise. And I pray for the heartbeat of every Christian gathering in our community and in our state and our country, our world, all the way to the other side of the globe in languages and places we can't even begin to, to understand. Quiero pedir por la iglesia en esta comunidad, en este estado, en este país, hasta los confines de la tierra. Lord, make the heartbeat of your church strong. Let us be strong in worshiping and lifting you up and, and honoring you and teaching your truth. Let us be strong in, in our, our everyday lives, in our behavior. Make us holy. Make us more like you, Jesus, so that when we go out, uh, we, we really do give a, a witness of you that that is honorable and that, that shows you clearly to a hurting world que podamos eh, extendernos a todo el mundo como testigos santos y fieles keep us faithful in these things and forgive us as we've learned today about confessing we can take this moment to confess and say forgive us God where we've failed to understand the power of gathering and the power of scattering perdónanos donde no hemos entendido el poder de congregarnos y de dispersarnos make us healthy as your people so that we can circulate the life-giving message of Jesus throughout this globe. Que podamos circular el mensaje de Jesús a todos. We ask this in Jesus' name and en el nombre del Señor Jesús and all God's people together say, Amen.